Hello, everybody. Welcome to the second Bongiorno podcast. Yeah. Hey, how are you all doing? Uh, so, this is the second one. And today it's just me and Gabri. Um, we uh, don't have a guest with us this evening, but we, uh, yeah, we'd also like to try just the two of us, I think, and see how that goes. And, and the guest can be a little treat. Um, so, we're going to... What's talk- about, Joe? What's the, what's the topic of tonight? Yeah, what is it? We're going to uh, look at um, Miyazaki's first feature-length movie, The Castle of Cagliostro. Am I pronouncing it correctly, Gab? Yeah, I think uh, indeed it is uh, Castle of Cagliostro. Yes. yes. It's very yes. Italian, isn't it, Cagliostro? Yes. Sounds yeah, very there Italian. Is, uh, there is a reason for it. And I guess there's a reason, yeah, in a way, um, why... And it's from 1979. <laughs> it's from 1979, that's correct. Now, I was going to say there must be a reason why you also like it, because of this Italian element. And, uh, yeah, I can imagine that was that was probably, for you, quite a uh, an important marker. I have to say, I, I haven't watched it when I was a kid. I believe... I knew the name in the back of my head, but it was funny because as a follow-up from last time, mm. I remember that you didn't know Lupin last time. Uh, no, last, I didn't. No, last, no, when yeah. we were talking with Robert, no, I'd never really heard of it, actually. Yeah. And uh, as we said before, in, in Italy, there was, uh, we had the early, quite early, a lot of uh, anime and manga. And, um, and the reason was uh, the local stations. The, the one from Berlusconi, but also the the other ones, because mm. we had like these national ones and all these little uh, local station making deals with Japanese <laughs> for cheap uh, content. And uh, so actually, I was also I remember watching uh, Lupin. It was at two two p.m. and um, but it wasn't this one. I was going to say this is the series. This isn't the movie, right? Yeah, it yeah. is in the movie, indeed. So let's uh, frame it a little bit. So we have... Um, so the, the um, Lupin is uh, it's based from a, a, a manga from uh, Monkey Punch, which is a nice name for a <laughs> yeah. Japanese manga. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's from 1967, the manga, and just ran 14 volumes until 1969. And wow. then basically, there's a little bridge because they made the first season in 1971 mm. and in that first season that i don't remember it because what the one i watched in italy the, just my actually my what i've seen the most was the second part and the third part so just to make it easier is the when the lupin has a red jacket and then a pink jacket right so, so it jacket it, changes color like each yeah the, each yeah season. it's a, it's crazy yeah the fashion changes <laughs> yeah so they are mainly, actually, like the red one is a uh, contemporary of uh, Castle of Cagliostro. It's a uh, 77 till 1980. Right. And uh, the third one is 1984, 85, and it's the pink one. So those are the ones who were massively on TV, maybe because the first one is a bit messy. Mm. Because the first one we had indeed, the first se- season starts in a way and then halfway, there is a change of director. Okay. And uh, Takahara 
and Miyazaki comes come in. Do you know why they changed director? Because the yeah the rating were poor. Yeah. And then uh, so because okay the manga was a seinen manga so manga for eighteen like the demographic eighteen till forty years old mm -hmm. or like a young adult they call it like that but like adult um, genre and uh, you have to imagine both the manga and also the first part of the first season was really sort of a James Bond Japanese right. James Bond yeah like aim adult uh so and everything with like is driving this posh uh mercedes from 1930s ssk as a the last watch it's all about gadgets it's it's like a, a james bond uh, mm. movie and then there is this change when miyazaki and takara come in and then uh, it drives <laughs> a fiat 500 Cinquecento, <laughs> and uh, yeah and he has this plastic lighter, and uh, it's it's different. It changed really. It's a bit becomes... more tongue tongue in cheek. Yeah, and uh, I've seen bits of the this first season, and indeed the first part was also the first part of the first <laughs> part was not that well animated, and instead the second part you see that it's becoming consistent, and all the char characters are always on model all the time instead of the first. The beginning it's really weird so mm. yeah but it's still 1971 you have to imagine and the animation was within this uh small shoes in japan so on uh, tv mm. and um and uh, yeah and then we maybe it's it's uh i was thinking to start uh, this um this podcast with maybe a little recap of so this is 1979, how Miyazaki arrived there. So because this is all before Ghibli or Ghibli. Yeah. <laughs> we will talk about later about that. Well, yeah, we already said before we started recording, it'd be nice to go into Miyazaki a little bit because I think during these podcasts, uh, as they proceed, we're, we're obviously going to be touching on Miyazaki a lot. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's one of the best and one of our, one of our favorites um so yeah maybe it's nice to see that as well and i think that's also why you wanted to look into lupin right was because like i say this was his third it's his first feature length film and and it sort of sets the groundwork i guess for everything afterwards you know all the stuff that people may or may not know the famous uh, movies like spirited away or ponyo and things like uh, things like this so yeah it's really nice to see that like where do they come from you know what's what's their background what was their animation like before? Yeah, it became uh, the Studio Ghibli, and it was just him and is it Ta Taka Takahashi? Taka Takahara. Takahara. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. Takata, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Isao Takata. So Takata. basically, okay. Yeah. I don't know much. It. I don't know much about Miyazaki's uh, past. I guess so. It's also quite nice for me to. to hear I know something. you know, there are these uh, books I received one day <laughs> from you actually. Yeah, I sent Gabi, from uh, um, Miyazaki, and I just. Uh, yeah, I, I started reading again because uh, the the first the first one especially is so funny. And yeah, it's all about uh, basically war stories of that time. So uh, Miyazaki is, is born in 1941, so just during the war, like this, and um, he got he goes straight. He, he does his stuff. He goes to school. He goes to university, political science. <laughs> then he graduates, and then. In 1963, joins Toei, 
and toy you have to imagine it's sort of it's uh, the biggest studio now it's still a bigger studio it's like the the, the japanese disney and that's and is that spelled... it's like a one piece dragon ball it's all toy and this is spelled t-o-h-i right am i or t-o-e-i e-i right yeah that's it E-I. Toy. Yeah. Toy. at the time it was called toy doga and uh, they basically had uh, a, a big success in 1958 with um the um, uh, the, the tale of the white serpent white snake uh, and this is the, one of the movie where actually the wife of uh, Miyazaki was working so the wife of Miyazaki is older than him mm. and she was already an animator before he started actually mm. so he watched this movie he's like okay I want to I wanna be an animator mm. so then he graduates he's 22 in 1963 and he goes straight in there so they hire him it goes there and it works but it starts at the hard rock bottom. Mm. And now it's not in Japan anymore, which is in between. Okay, so he's doing the in between doga, like the the the, the yeah, drawing so between key and key frame. Should we explain what that is a little bit for people who are unaware? I think it's so. So you have the key frames, which are like, I guess these are the most dynamic movements or something. Extremes, like yeah. uh, yes. you start the movement, like you are standing, then you are kicking, and then it's like. Yes. between eating the ball and uh, when yeah. you're standing straight these those two are the, the so if frame. it's one second and, and you have what how many frames is it 24? 24 frames so then somebody has to draw those 22 and um, in-betweens which is what it is and it's probably quite laborious and a bit boring yeah it depends not uh, so you can creative have maybe but normally yeah. they're less than that uh, because they're also repeating some of mm. them so there we go more technical but you have to imagine you're doing a lot of uh, movements in uh, when you're walking uh, like uh, for example Miyazaki is talking that for for walk like a human being is walking in is making basically two steps every second so every half a second you make a step mm. so you in this case so if it's if in half a second you would you would have within 12 12 frames straight and then one foot that will be the first step in in 12 frames but some of them could be repeated, but the one betweens are the in betweens. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So it starts there, and then in a, in a toy, and in nineteen sixty, basically two years later, it becomes a key animator. So he, he actually three years later. So he works three years with at the rock bottom where you're paid nothing. Yeah. But that time probably was nothing was a little bit more than today. And now nowadays, all that part is they are doing elsewhere, or they're doing uh, abroad in China, Korea, etc., Taiwan, yeah. Thailand could be everywhere. And um, so now, basically, the start is more key animator. When you start, if you're hired by a Japanese studio, start as key animator. So after three years, so he's twenty-four, and then he gets key animator. Do you think that that's quite fast for, for three years from in between to key animator? What would you yeah, think? No, it's not that fast. No, <laughs> it's not that fast. So no. you have to imagine in Japan, it's all hierarchical. Yeah. And uh, a disc will come back because I believe this is why he's so pissed with his son mm. <laughs> getting a director job uh, for a feature from nothing mm. while he started from the rock bottom. 
yeah, he believes in in that in that sense of earning your way, right? On yeah, getting mastery. So yes, basically, yeah. he, he starts and he, yeah, probably he knows he wants to draw manga. He wants to draw manga. He wants to yeah do his own stuff, and then slowly works in a bigger production. And then yeah, in a, already in a, he starts getting already in '64 working uh, for with Takata, and. Takata is a different story because Takata doesn't draw. Takata, right. he was more like uh, he, he was studying French literature. So and he got after the university went straight in assistant director. So he went. It was more like intellectual, but it was also known also later in Studio Ghibli as the director who doesn't draw. So he right. cannot do the storyboards as story um, no. Miyazaki does. And. Um, and then, so they they are together. So you have the this, the two of them, but at the same time, basically the the real mentor of Miyazaki is not Takata. So they become the best buddies. He becomes his senpai is also five years older than him, but then there is somebody who's ten years older than Miyazaki, okay? And this is Yasuo Otsuka, and he's basically we have to imagine sort of Miyazaki before Miyazaki, <laughs> and he's coming back because. Is later than the character designer and the animation director for Lupin, right? So and he's like a fan of cars. He has uh, this Fiat Five Hundred, right? Okay, so everything comes circle. He was like this fan of all kind of machines, all kind of stuff. So basically, it's really for I guess for me, it's like, it's like oh, you have this guy, my senpai, is ten years older than me, is like my mentor at this big studio. And then uh, what happened is they, uh, this guy moves to a different studio. This this older senpai. Yeah. Otsuka yeah. yeah. moves to yeah. TMS, it's called. And they are, and then they ask, okay, uh, he asked Miyazaki and, and Takata to move with him there. So they leave the biggest, the largest studio because they see that it's like we cannot grow that much. It's uh, it's too corporate. So they move there, and they start working on another other projects. But then, uh, Lupin the series, nineteen seventy one. So it's like eight years before the Castle of Cagliostro starts on TV and goes wrong. And then uh, there's like, okay, we need a, a change of director. They ask Otsuka, the, the guy before, but they say no. I don't want to do it. I want to. I want to. Do, I want to do my stuff. Character design. I want to. Do. Mm. And instead, he ask uh, Takata Miyazaki, and they start basically for the second part for the other twenty episodes. They like one direct one episode and another one direct another episode. So that's really like the first directing job for for Miyazaki. Mm. Takata had before already in nineteen sixty four for a, for a movie yeah, which flopped. <laughs> So what was the name? Do we do we know the name? Or? Yeah, it's a uh, um, Horus. I will um, get back to you the, the name. Yeah, and um, so that yeah, that's uh, you have to imagine. There's this big 1964 movie with with this all these three people in there, and um, and then uh, so they do this uh, Lupin stories. It's not, but the series is not going super great. So it is sort of a classic because then. They continue later, and then basically they in 1972, Takahata makes this short Panda Copanda, 
where there is a sort of pre-Totoro 30 minutes short with uh, Miyazaki drawing for first time the storyboards like we this know is, now. This is the the image you sent me the other day, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's it's this massive panda, and there's this. Is he holding this girl? This kind of pippy long stockings sort of yeah. looking girl. And I yeah, it kind of looks like a. It kind of looks like a rip off of uh, uh, my neighbor Totoro sort of thing. Like uh, yeah, but yeah, maybe fourteen years. But, but funny enough, it's probably the other way around. So yeah, it's yeah, you should look it up. It's uh, yeah, it's quite funny. It's quite uncanny. Yeah, and uh, there's also like this animation uh, intro, which will come back, Totoro, Ponyo. So it's yeah. in, in the same line. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's great. And, um, and then the next step is, uh, yeah, basically then Miyazaki starts to have more jobs as well, like a storyboard artist, like, okay, I'm not go I'm gonna barely read the script and I'm just gonna make my stuff on a, on a, on, in a storyboard. And uh, and then there is another big step is basically a really very refined uh, um, anime, 1974 ID, and that one was in Italy too. So I forgot the last time an, another important point about Italian um, an, anime in Italy, which is like all the opening songs were translated. Right. So if you will ask my mother, yeah, okay. If she can sing for you the intro of ID, she knows it. From Takata <laughs> Miyazaki, she knows it. That's incredible. It's yeah. crazy. It's in mind. It's like everybody knows this mm. songs and uh, this intro. Mm. So because uh, yeah. this is like a cartoon uh, animation that was on daily. This is like yeah. I mean, it was daily in Italy, but in yeah. Japan, it's uh, weekly. Yeah, it was weekly. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's this this uh, set in the Alps, right? Yeah, the yeah. girl from the Alps. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like uh, I've just recently checked it out. Check it out, and um, you can find a lot on YouTube. It's um, like all the backgrounds, everything is really produced perfectly. Mm -hmm. So I guess okay, they maybe made cut some corners with animation because at the end of the day they had to produce like one episode a week. <laughs> mm. But uh, the backgrounds is really like feature quality, so mm. it's uh, it's great and. Uh, we will see later the yeah all the study they made there for um in the alps <laughs> it right, will come that, back that that, yeah, the, that feeds back in to, yeah to, in the, to in the, the movies film. like yeah. basically and then we come in there they do other other stuff and then it's like basically the first job alone without takata for for miyazaki is uh, he's gonna direct this series called future boy conan and then which is a sort of archetype of a lot of uh, boys from Ghibli movies. Mm. So he made it like for the first time, he's director of this series alone, okay, without Takata. And what's this so, series? Uh, what, is it a sci fi or what's this? Yeah, sort of sci fi, but like after apocalypse. It's like everything is, uh, mm. we are all in the nature, but it's actually in the future. Right. So it's, um, and then so th then it comes. So we're at 1978, and then again 1979. The, in 1978, there, there was actually another movie from Lupin, and it was a big success. So then they decided, okay, let's make another one. And at the same time, it starts also the second the, the second part of Lupin, the, with the red jacket. But then, uh, yeah, it's 1979, and uh, they ask again Otsuka, do you want to direct the movie? And then he said no, but uh, Miyazaki could do it. Miyazaki-san <laughs> could do it. And then 
in five months they made this movie. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, but uh, I was thinking I texted you yesterday about it, but yeah. it's uh, was it it's not like- too crazy if you think they were making twenty two minutes of animation in a week. Yeah, but you can imagine like how intense that would have been for a whole film, you know, just constant, you know, boom, boom, boom. But yeah, like you say, maybe they're used to that. You know, these guys are used to working seven days a week, uh, you know, what, 18 hour days, not seeing the family, <laughs> making films for kids, but never seeing their own kids. You know, it's this sort of sad irony, really. But yeah, it's it's phenomenal, isn't it? How fast these things can happen. And, and I was also looking into it myself and... Um, and uh, Miyazaki was, he was only, was it, he had, he had only written uh, one quarter of the storyboards before they had already started the production. So he was also having to keep the storyboards advancing whilst behind him was this kind of uh, steam train full of energy, you know, these all these guys, these animators, like, you know, must have been so daunting to like know that he's he's leading this ship or whatever. And it's, yeah. But they did yeah, it. and he was uh, 38. So I was like, oh, well, them now. <laughs> well, we did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. But of course, they had all this um, character design. They could reuse a lot of stuff they had from the past. So from 1971, they used, they could use the, all the models from the series. They yeah. Could use, uh, so they didn't. They yeah, didn't I guess, have... I guess, it, yeah, I guess they don't have to kind of reinvent the wheel. They've, they've already, like you say, they've got everything sort of in front of them, the blueprint. I yeah, guess, and then yeah. of course for uh, for backgrounds, <laughs> they have all these Heidi uh, uh, studies. Yeah, and, just make uh, some crops of the Heidi backgrounds, change the color a bit. Maybe I believe I found one that there yeah. was actually almost one. <laughs> yeah, I would do the same. I mean, it's like <laughs> in the the Fontaine scene, I was like, oh, there's Fontaine also in my ID. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, and Otsuka again. Yeah, it was uh, incredible in this uh, in that work. So I think it's like you have to imagine also Japan at that time. They're like they're growing crazy, so they're getting richer and richer every year. They're passing. They're thinking they're like in this trajectory to to be to become the second biggest. Um, mm. so they were thinking we will be the the, the first economy in the world. Mm. So they could. They were like, okay, we have to work, work, work. Everybody is basically signing a contract with companies like I'm going to work there for all my life. Yeah. This, this period in Japan, like you said, you've, you've told me before, it's like basically yeah, it's golden age in a way. It's like they were pushing, pushing, pushing <laughs> everything. But it was also, they were workaholics. They, yeah. they didn't know. But yeah, car manufacturing, you know, yeah, technology, everything was, uh, housing developments, everything was like full on. No. Yeah. This that's, is, that's, this is, this is, yeah, this is, this is where he is. He's, he's, He's starting uh, the castle of Cagliostro. He's got his team, yeah. Yeah, indeed, he got his team together, and um, there's no Joey Gashi. There is a Yuji Ono for uh, for the music, mm-hmm. and uh, he was already working with uh, Lupin before. So it's and he's continuing also in the future. So this mm. is a little bit uh, the yeah the team. So I'm uh, now I'm asking you uh, how. How did you feel? How was your experience there? Because you didn't watch it before, right? You didn't know this movie. No, I didn't. I didn't know. I'd never seen it. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess you know, my first kind of 
impression you know when seeing maybe the trailer or just images from the film you know it it feels dated you know it, it, like the the style of the characters it's not what mm, you would expect nowadays to see you know it's a little bit crude in a way sometimes but um so i so i thought well, okay yeah you know i'll give it a go i wasn't too like i wasn't super excited you know it was not like watching uh princess mononoke or something but um no it starts like boom you know it's like he just gets straight into it in, in in the movie, you know, and I like that. It was like instantly we're we're at this casino scene, and it's like fast paced, and and uh, Lupin is is basically running, well, getting chased by well, kind of looks like a mob or you know the the security guards or whatever. And he's got this comedic bag of money, and he's kind of making these uh, massive leaps and uh, acrobatics and things, and. Uh, yeah, no, it's like you could see it's got a lot of energy. You know, there's energy behind the character and, and already at the start of this movie, it's, this is the pace they want, you know. And um, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, let's, I'll give this a go. You know, this is this is this will be interesting to talk about. And um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, um, like I said, it, it, it felt like, kind of like a quite simplified animation in a way. Like you could see that, um, there were scenes where the background not so much is happening. You know, it's like there's very minimal movement, but they, they do it in different ways. You know, they they will uh, I don't know what the term is, but they're kind of them panning things in the background at a different pace to the front, and and you know, and it creates a sense of movement. And I noticed that like early on, it was like okay, I can see what they're trying to do here. That you know, with limited time, and. Um, but they, but, guess, but but the budget was massive. I saw that the the budget I think at the time was like if not the biggest, if not one of the biggest budgets for 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 a feature length. Yeah, probably you know they had a big it. success with the movie the one year yeah. before. So yeah, and they had a short time, so they yeah they had to spend this money. I, I guess. think what was it translated as the the, the modern day equivalent of nine million dollars? I think. Hmm. Something like that, but um, so yeah, that they obviously had the money, but yeah, they, I think it's a time frame thing. So it starts like with a bang, and the, starts, the, with, starts with a bang. I watched it a few days ago, so I'm having to refresh myself a bit. Yeah. But um, and there is this calm moment uh, immediately, like the intro with the song and all these slow, slow movements, like with the they, they're okay before that actually they are on the car and then discover of course. Spoiler alert, guys! Yeah, yeah, it's spoil this is a massive spoiler alert if anyone's not seen it yet. But yeah, Best, guys, is always if you watch it before and then uh, you're gonna listen to, to this. But uh, it, it cuts, uh, it cuts to them being chased, they, right? Of course, they are in the car, and that the Lupin yeah. recognized that this. Uh, yeah, so he discovers that it's counterfeit money, and basically the whole Fiat 500 is is full to the literally to the roof of all of this uh, of this paper money and he uh, yeah he starts kind of throwing it out right to is it to kind of distract the other motorists and to try and create like a bit of an um uh, what, what would you say a deception or an, you know to kind of take the heat off of them that's how i remember but uh yeah yeah and no, i mean they they already gone they, they, because the guys couldn't follow because the the cars were cut by Gaemon, which is uh, one of the best characters ever. 
of course. You have to imagine also, I watch it. But you don't see, you don't see, yeah, but you don't see Gammon, I don't think. Yeah, it's in there. It's in there. It's like hidden behind the bills. He's, a, he's such a badass guy. Yeah, it is. In he's there. in the car. He's in the car. He's in the car. I didn't pick up on that. Okay. Yeah, I know. I read it and I was like, I was looking, I was looking for it. And you see a little bit of his hair. Ah, okay. Okay. Completely covered and completely still because that, that's how it is. Yeah. It's basically the and, samurai. We could maybe talk about it later when he kind yeah. of is introduced into the film. But yeah, he's a sort of silent samurai type. Yeah. And you know what's funny? Because uh, I know this character a bit as, as they are there. But uh, in Japan at the time, they were people were not amused because basically the fan of Lupin were expecting these really edgy characters. Right. Okay? Because it was way sort of ranchy and really for adults and uh, and Lupin was really negative and doing uh, weird stuff with ladies and uh, being mm-hmm. a little bit too much and then in uh, in the show was uh, in this movie was different and then basically the people so you had like the fans of Lupin were not happy about it and the, the ones that didn't like Lupin as it was before they thought it was like before <laughs> So they didn't watch mm. the movie. Mm. That's why basically flopped at first, which is, I guess it's, yeah, probably it was a pain at the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If 10 years later, okay, this is a classic. They tell you, they told yeah. uh, Miyazaki that it was a classic, but yeah, I think when you make your first movie, you really want Yeah. To. In the long run, it did make uh, over a million yeah, of course. in yeah. profit. But they, yeah. It's a classic now. They're, they're, yeah. They're, they're always uh, redoing in, in Japan every year on TV and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but I did I did make a note actually about the scene with the money and actually how impressive it was to see basically every every bill, not dollar bill, but uh, every bill was animated. So he throws it out and it is this whole basically this whole cloud of of paper money flying in the sky and I was just like wow, all all you know, every every frame has been animated and every piece you know it must have just somebody's job for five months must have just been doing that. <laughs> You know, it's just like, that was amazing. I think then it starts with the the titles, yeah. if I'm not, yeah, 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 if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and the title is yeah, you have this uh, this really quiet song. You see, they're driving, and there is like waiting at the train is moving, and there's really uh, the song yeah. is really low. Then it goes to all of these scenes, right? So it's sort of like them driving in on the along the coastline, yeah. them driving in the rain through the hills. Yeah, yeah. and I thought that was like okay, you know, and they're really nice shots, and, and actually the the, um, the kind of cinematography and the, and the, and and the colours they chose was it was really beautiful, you know, and it's and that's kind of it felt that felt iconically Miyazaki, and almost like he was kind of felt like him saying like I can do all of these scenes, you know, I can do this, I can do that, I can make it like this, like, and it's like almost like a portfolio. It felt like just these, just this intro in a way. Um, yeah, just my impression of it. But uh, yeah, that was actually quite nice. And it kind of comes in with this, um, is it kind of jazzy music, I think? Yeah, kind it is. Jazz it is a, yeah, and I think, you know, if you, if you look at the production level, if uh, they are short on time, you can have like this three minutes moment with really limited animation because there is just, there are all these backgrounds and then they're moving now, maybe there's Jiggy moving a cigarette or stuff and that's it. So it's yeah. really quiet or there's even like this scene they're like driving diagonal you see the same 
truck passing twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, but yeah, I that's... think it's really because at the end it's sort of in between two really fast scenes. Mm. So it's it's a quiet moment mm. because the next scene, yeah, they're punching the tire and then there is the so, chain. Yeah, so they get a flat tire. Yeah, and they have to just—they have to basically decide who's going to change it, right? They do rock paper scissors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah, obviously was, it's uh, a common occurrence for them. <laughs> yeah, then I saw because I was watching it a bit in English, and then uh, I didn't like it at all. You mean English? Like, English? Dubs? They were calling him bo boss. Jigen was calling uh, Lupin boss all the time, and I was like, oh, okay, boss. They're like, it is of course Lupin is. Is is really the sidekick, Jigen, the perfect sidekick, mm. the gang, the guns guy, but uh, it's not. It's not like Lupin is his boss, and you see also in that scene, if he was his boss, he would yeah. have done it. No, that's interesting you say because um, I watched it uh, in Japanese with English subtitles, and I didn't yeah. pick up on that in any way during the film. I, I, in a way, if anything, it's the other way around. Jigen is uh, basically, uh, yeah, he's bossing Lupin around sometimes. You know, they're, they're equal and they have this, uh, yeah, harmonious <laughs> relationship. But he's quite yeah. funny, this character, because he just basically every scene has a cigarette in his mouth. Like, every, like, doesn't matter what the scene is. If they're in bed, he's just got this bent, like, yeah. <laughs> cigarette. Like, you, you, you have to imagine that, uh, like, for me, like, these characters are almost like uh, Mickey Mouse. Uh, yeah. Right. It's it's really like that. Like everybody knows. Like you are in a in a grammar in a basic, uh, the grammar school, and everybody knew that Jigen has a cigarette and he was good mm. with uh, mm. yeah Magnum. It was it was good with guns and Gamma was this super cool yeah samurai. Could cut Do you think everything. that's why so many Italians like were smoking? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Fujiko. That was funny. In uh, Fujiko, in uh, I think in the second season was called differently. So it was called Margot. So she's actually known in in Italian with two names. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, yeah, and uh, she used to have a uh, black hair. So then right. it's like that she's blonde there, but you know, yeah, could be whatever. But uh, yeah, so and uh, so they change that basically. Yeah, they're changing this tire, and um, and again, there's another car which is. Yeah, so there's a then shoots past them as a Citroen Dolly, we'd say two CV, two CV, yeah, and that Which was is the car of Miyazaki. That is Miyazaki's car, yeah. So they basically the, <laughs> the the director's cars are featured in the movie, and and I, well, I don't know, would they have been new cars at the time? I guess so, yeah, in the in the late seventies. Uh, no, maybe no, a no. Few, few years old. Because it, basically it's not a classic the... car back then. But it, I don't uh, know. it was more like uh, the movie is based in 1968. It's based like, mm. like 10 years earlier. Right. And uh, So those cars would have already been there in kind of, at that time. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm so wondering they what they what the, the, the modern day version would be. Would it be like someone driving around in a Ford Escort or you know, some some uh I don't know, some beaten up old car, not a Tesla. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, it was indeed the poor poor man's car. Yeah, right. Because it's exactly. uh, like in the the original Lupin, and it's also in the flashback. You see that he's driving this like 1930s open car. Mm. This this Mercedes SSK. There is also a story that was like favorite Hitler's car. 
but it's really like so it it would it, it would be like james bond driving z3 like in a, in a bmw mm. like in golden eye you know mm. like the fanciest car it's like a guy with mm. like a rich taste and and then miyazaki makes more like a like everyday man yes yeah. ramen from uh yeah <laughs> from the can right yeah yeah and uh yeah and the fact that uh, yeah clarice comes with um with basically his car yeah so I basically think... the, the 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 uh lupin and uh am i pronouncing Gigan. it correctly Gigan, they basically see this this woman drive past like uh, you know, 150 miles an hour in this uh, citroen and she's um she's in a bride's dress and shortly behind her is basically like uh i don't know a couple of uh like archety- yeah archetypal mod- mob characters with kind of bowler hats and you know like sunglasses and and whatnot and they're chasing her and it's like okay you know that's you know the the two guys are like all right let's see what's going on and actually um I uh, I made a note because it actually made me laugh out loud. <laughs> Yukon uh, says, "So which which one are we helping?" Yeah, <laughs> and Lupin goes, "The girl," and then Shikan uh, goes, "Ah, oh, typical." <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. it's like uh, you know he kind of he wasn't really sure. <laughs> uh, maybe it was like ah, oh, this is a day to help the the bad guys out, you know. So I thought it was quite funny actually. Yeah. And, and this is like one of the most iconic scenes, actually, this chase. There is like also a legend that uh, Steve Spielberg uh, copied mm. the scene for an Indiana Jones movie. Mm. But it's not really confirmed, so maybe it's... But yeah, there's a lot of rumors online, isn't there, that Spielberg watched this and uh, had a lot of influence on the Indiana Jones. But they say that actually they had already... Did they already start production or something in 1981 and something like that? It would have been strange for him to have seen this. Because it wouldn't yeah. have been, it wouldn't have been shown in the states. Yeah, it was shown like in a certain. Has mm. been shown like in a, the the year after ninety eighty has been shown, uh, in like a world fair, whatever in Boston, yeah. and then was like in animation uh, circles, um, festival stuff like that. Mm. So like Disney people wa- uh, saw it at the time. Mm. Some people, but yeah, it yeah. But whether or not it got to Spielberg, yeah, that's it's debatable. Yeah. But it is funny because there's a lot of the, there is a kind of a lot of James Bond, Indiana Jones sort of. I think James Bond, elements. of course, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. there is an there is an influence because uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, that's way before, yeah, yeah, because it's before indeed, mm. and then also, I mean, we we forgot to say that of course Lupin is Lupin the Third, and he's supposed to be the nephew of Arsenio Lupin from these books, right? Yeah. Yeah, they are much earlier, and there's also like a, a Cagliostro book, mm. and there is also Counterfeit Money in another book. So they are picking up. Uh, they have some references from real books. Yeah, but uh, yeah, which is yeah, this uh, thief showing up, coming up with a card. I'm gonna <clears throat> steal your stuff. What about the um, the Count of Monte Carlo? Is that Monte Carlo? No, Monte, Monte Cristo, Cristo. Monte, Monte Cristo. Cristo. Yeah, is that? I've never read that. Is that? No, yeah, that's a. Uh, is that completely something else? Yeah, it's different. It's more about a prisoner. Okay. But uh, this, um, yeah, we can say, of course, that you know, they're talking about this Cagliostro as, as it was uh, the smallest state in the, state in the world. Mm. 
which is actually the Vatican. But uh, yeah. but uh, I think the good example would be Monte Carlo. Yeah. Indeed. But the, the funny thing is, like they are at Monte Carlo first when they're doing the yeah the robbery the, the at the casino. The casino. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, there is uh, you know nowadays still there are all these millionaires living in, in Monaco because they they have a better tax. Uh, yeah. They could have better taxes, uh, etc. So there is uh, it's a funny story about this. Uh, counterfeit uh, bills that everybody everybody knows apparently like in the, in the government right <laughs> yeah but and i think that that, that chase scene is uh it's really creative you see also uh, like um that uh, yeah all the cars get beaten and then there's also this power up uh, with this the 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 fiat 500 can go mm. even faster and uh, yeah right so the boot opens well, the engine's yeah. in the boot, right? Mm-hmm. And it has this kind of, I don't know, turbo system or whatever that comes online. And they're, yeah. uh, they're driving like horizontal, right? Across this, the, the cliff faces <laughs> and these kind of things, doing these insane maneuvers. And Yeah, they're uh, stretching a little bit uh, what's possible in reality, right? Yeah, but you see yeah. there is a... Yeah. Yeah, gravity Sorry. doesn't really exist in this movie, by the way. It's sort of... It's, <laughs> it's like... Well, the gravity of uh, a small moon, not really Earth gravity. There's a lot of elements where <laughs> Lupin is jumping like 50 meters and <laughs> things like this. But yeah, you know, it's is what it is. But yeah, there's um, yeah, there's a scene. There's this um, the music. I, I wrote down sort of that the music had some reggae elements to it as well. <laughs> I don't know if I was mistaken. I but think it was, it's very uh, I think 70s it was... style. You know, it's got this kind of jazzy reggae kind of feel to it. Um, I think it's the maybe the samba version apparently of the the, the like the team uh, the team song from yeah, Lupin, I, I believe. Guess, I guess I don't know the main theme, so yeah. it's hard. Yeah, and uh, yeah, basically, and then there is um, at the end she 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 gets picked up and she leaves him uh, the ring, right? And then there is the start. Of yeah, they the, save he saves her. Lupin saves her with his gadget. Right. Yeah, but before at the he end, gets they, the ring, they pick her up because he he, he he fell, and then she she runs away when the, the the small ship is coming, and then at the end they pick her up and they bring it to the to the castle. Yes. Yeah. But he has a, a glove, and in a glove there is a, yeah. a ring. There. So she hides this ring. Yeah, and he gets it, and he. And she gets yeah, she gets picked up by these these bad guys basically, so he couldn't save her. Yeah. But this ring, yeah, he sees this ring and and yeah, it kind of like how do you say it goes he has a little light bulb moment or whatever, or it's, it's like a memory, he's like, huh? I sort of recognise this. And it's I looked it up actually, well, because I was like, Oh, that looks familiar before you even find out. Mm-hmm. And it's this uh, Capricorn. It's basically this uh, ram symbol. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of ram with like a a tail with this kind of serpent tail or fish tail or something. It's Capricorn yeah. isn't yeah. I guess it's kind of a mythical thing. Yeah, it's an it's, uh, horoscope. Yeah, horoscope sign. Yeah. And yeah. um and I I actually wanted to see what it uh, that represented, you know. So it's pragmatic, ambitious, determined and persistent. 
and uh, Capricorns are known to, to yeah to be very stubborn, and they're prepared to sacrifice to to gain their goals. And so I looked that up, and I was like, okay, and and actually having watched the movie, that really does uh, that that's, that that does uh, describe the the Duke, this this villain character later on. I think the count, the count, count. Sorry, yes, the count. Because there's a count and the, and, and the Duke family, and if Duke, yeah, that's right. I'm getting confused. Yeah, the count. The Duke has been yeah. basically killed in a on a in a fire, right? There, there, there is no the the basically royal palace. The Duke Palace is not is burned down. Yes, right? derelict. Yeah, yeah, it's... derelict. And uh, she went in a convent, apparently. Yeah. In the meantime. Yeah. And. Um, but what do you think go, so, about so, this girl? What do you think of this uh, this lady? When How when you the, you mean portrayed? When when you first that see is, when you first see her, you mean? How do I how do I think, or during the whole movie? Yeah, because, because the first thing that, that passive, yeah yeah the first thing that struck me was the way they had drawn her as well. That she was so different to to the to the other characters she had this this these different eyes they they've been drawn in a very different way more um more elegant and and bright and uh with a lot of character and stuff and lupin's eyes are, are quite simple basically in in a way then you know they don't have this the same they don't have the same um uh, they haven't done it in the same way basically it's just, it's it almost looks like uh, she she could be taken from more of a modern anime, I think, in a way. What you'd what you'd think uh, it would look like, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah of, of course, she's uh, European, supposed to be from a perspective of Japanese. This yeah. is a European. She's yeah. like blue eyes. Exactly. Right. So you kind of see that striking difference. But yeah, she's just uh, quite quiet, sort of. I don't Girly. know. Yeah, she's yeah. driving, but she's supposed to be a sixteen or something. 16. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't really have much of an opinion of her. Ah, uh, yeah. There is uh, like uh, some people think that she's a sort of prototype of this sort of moe, like this kind of nice, but not really nice looking, but not really deep uh, character, which is like apparently really present in the contemporary anime. But uh, yeah, I, I I will have to discover in the coming podcast more about those uh, so you mean what, she, what she's just she's she, more like this prototype of like uh, she's not really doing much she's, you're at, uh, yeah yeah but of course she starts really strong because she's yeah exactly she's yeah she away. yeah she's quite a tough tough woman you already see that straight away yeah but then uh, then there's like this moment and it's like okay all the puzzle the piece everybody's coming because fujiko is coming gamon is coming Zenigata mm. is coming. Zenigata mm. is amazing, isn't it? This is like the, the inspector. This, the inspector. Yeah, this is from the, the Interpol. Interpol, but yeah, inspector. <laughs> it's just a sort of, again. There's a lot of archetypes in this film. I wrote that. Down. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like you have to imagine. This is like like in every episode. There is like the pen is gonna steal something, and he's with yeah. Jigen again most of the time, and then yeah. Zenigata is running behind him all the time. Yeah, he's basically like. Um, from the Pink Panther, what's his name? Uh, Inspector Clouseau. But if he, but if he had been working out every day and uh, I don't know, was more aggressive and uh, <laughs> authoritarian, it's sort of like he's like this. Yeah, 
he's quite a tough, tough, tough character. Like this, uh, how do you say Zen uh, Zenigata? Zenigata. Yeah, yeah. But I think most people would maybe have already known him from the series and they already yeah. understand this dynamic between Lupin and Zenigata, and, and he's basically chasing him All from the yeah <laughs> to the edge of the world or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, yeah, and Fujiko instead of she is basically Lupin is super smart, but there's one who's smarter than him, and then basically Fuji Fujiko because it's uh, they have a sort of relationship uh, somehow. So this, but she, this is, she uh, is uh, stealing money from him all the time. This is like the that. female. Yeah, there's another female main female character. Yeah, and she's yeah. In this case, more a side kick. Yeah, and this was also criticized because compared to the manga, compared to the first part of the anime it was less sexy less so she for this movie she was a bit desexualized right and uh, so like the hardcore fans were not well, Chris, about well they were upset <laughs> they were upset yeah oh god <laughs> this is pre-internet i guess this is this is yeah, what they had been waiting to see all year yeah but she's tough yeah she's you know she's also strong she knows how to she knows how to um push back to Lupin. Yeah. you know she, she's basically like okay i'm not gonna take all your shit you know this you know i'm strong female character i got i know how to shoot guns i know how to kill people blah 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 yeah i liked her yeah she's cool and she was there before 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 him before he arrived he was already she was already working there probably she's been there already yeah. So well, we didn't we didn't say, but basically that they introduced the castle, right? Yeah. Before, and then he's just saying like, okay, now we are all complete. You make yeah. Comment, right? Yeah. He says now was it all the all the pieces are in place or something? Yeah. So you have everyone, and that's when that's when I first uh, recognized Goman, this uh, samurai. Gom yeah. How do you say Goma? Gamon. 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 This kind of samurai character, because he's he basically turns up in the film on the back of a horse-drawn cart with this um, what what would you say this feudal Japanese uh, kind of curved, I guess like a farmer's uh, you know hat in the in the in the in the rice paddies. This kind of very typical looking samurai, you know, very uh, whatever. And he turns up, and yeah, that's it's like okay, this is kind of funny. He's obviously another sidekick. And um, yeah, how many words does he have? I mean, in the whole movie, not many. Yeah, but he is. A, he, but he's a legend. Yeah, I can't. What's his his full name? It was something, something, something. Yeah, the thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. Of I course. can't remember. It's quite long-winded, but yeah. I mean, isn't it the the he can cut everything? He has this super sword. He can cut everything. Is a, a sort yeah. of archetype of uh, also like uh, from One Piece. You have Zolo, which is really similar. Mm. As concept, yeah. And uh, in Italy, for example, we have a rapper name uh, named uh, Gamon. Oh, okay. Of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, sing now, it's more sing song right, but but it's still, you know, just let you know the the, the influence of these uh, archetypes, indeed. Yeah, I guess as kids, that's like when oh. everyone was in the playground. That's who they wanted to be with their tree branches. So now I'm Gomen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, yeah now we are in the in the castle and i think uh, there the 
in Japan they call it's called the art director, which is different in in the American animation. It's like the one responsible for background. Mm. I mean, it's uh, it made an incredible job because I think like every every background within in the castle and also the scene with Fujiko with all the with um, all the knights arm uh, armor stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's amazing. Like everything is painted with all these different kind of light sources. I yeah, love well, that, they, they, apparently that's they were trying to go for that kind of light dark. These, these this contrast, this kind of juxtaposition in the movie always, because that's this basically the story of the rings is that um, uh, Clarice has this one ring from the family, and um, the count has this other ring, this other heirloom, and yep. the uh, prophecy or yeah. I guess that's the way of saying it. It, uh, it is if they come together it's what is it it's, it's the bonding of light and dark and the family treasure will be revealed or something this is this is basically the premise of the movie and why uh, why this count wants her he wants to marry her and that's uh, yeah that's what we find out basically at the end what the reason or not what the reason is but uh, what the big reveal is but yeah, going back to the, you, not really like attracted like he doesn't really want her. He just wants no. to have uh, to be basically is the regent now, right? Yeah. Because she's too young or whatever. But yeah, he actually wants power. He's not really interested in her. But he already all. has it as well. It's just interesting, you know. Yeah, he's basically got uh, everything he wants and needs and infinite money and everything. But yeah, it's typical, isn't it? He wants more and more. Yeah, I mean, I like his character design. I think it's uh, is is really well done from him, and especially when he wears uh, his uh, Capricorn. Helmet. Yeah, he wears this kind of gown and hood and this kind of like pagan sort of thing. When, when he opens, yeah. when yeah. it's later when there's the wedding scene, then he's open. When they 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 meet and they have this sort of uh, ritual, and then there's this scene you see from the side that is opening uh, mm. one arm and with all this indeed a gown of a mm. mantle. But I wanted to say again um, about the backgrounds because I I also. Um, I also noticed that they they were really painterly. You know, yep. you could really see a lot of the. They, they're very. You know, that it's still done and um, up until recently, I guess, analog. You know, it's all hand painted, and you can. But they they don't try to cover that up. I notice it's like a lot of really beautiful brush strokes and this this almost this kind of um, impressionist style. Sometimes it's like they're they're not hiding that. And that was quite nice, actually. You could you can see them, and if you you know pause the movie, you can see these are like just beautiful artworks on their own, you know, in their own right. And um, yeah, I thought I just that was that was really nice. That was quite striking. And uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it doesn't the contrast with the animated part, which is instead of like plain colors, uh, you see the difference because there's all they they have all, most of the time like a big contour and stuff like that. But yeah. there's uh, uh, I think it's still working because yeah, but they are gorgeous. Yeah, it's yeah. everything. It's a painting. Every every yeah, every scene, every moment. Yeah, every frame of painting. Uh, and then sometimes the they're moving up, they're panning up or, or mm. left, right. Mm. Yeah, the the job was. Uh, I wanted to. Um, I want to say now while I'm on my notes about it, but um, the similarity to the movie and. Um, and Cowboy Bebop. I don't know if, because this is obviously our second 
podcast and our first one is the first episode of Cowboy Bebop but actually there is a a kind of link between the two um and I think that the um that the director of, of Bebop has is taken a lot of um influence or or reference from this movie because um you know there is jazz there is uh... there's the jazz element in the music there's these two uh characters you see at the start Lupin and Gigon and that's a bit like Spike and um Jet Jet in a way and they're kind of a little bit down and out because actually you see in Lupin in in this movie uh Castle Cagliostro that there there's a scene at the start when it's kind of like a montage of them traveling and they're basically just camping out the back of the Fiat 500 with uh, with with a with a frying pan over a fire and some roll out sleeping bags and so it kind of made me think oh that you know like at the start of this Cowboy Bebop episode where they're just you know they have no money they're basically just floating around in space you know so it's I, I thought about it at the time and um and also then when the uh when the count's um auto gyro which is basically a gyrocopter just like a helicopter sort of thing with a propeller at the back as well and it uh that reminded me a lot of the of the ship from uh from Spike in Cowboy Bebop this red um this uh this smaller ship that he has i thought the design element was quite similar in a way but yeah yeah, of course. Yeah, if there's a Miyazaki movie, there is an airplane there, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a helicopter or something yeah, that flies. Something mechanical. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I just I thought maybe. No, but, yeah, but uh, definitely Spike is. I think he has definitely roots in Lupin. Yeah, a lot of them because he's he's also funny. He's also making jokes. He's also eating every yeah. month. <laughs> and online people say that uh, Lupin is actually Spike's great 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 grandfather. So. <laughs> so that's that's gospel you know that's truth <laughs> yeah i think it could work yeah definitely yeah i mean it would it, it's not stranger because these guys are all uh you know they're all encouraged by each other influenced by each other and you know watching each other's movies and artworks and things and yeah i don't think it's a strange jump to imagine that uh that bebop has uh has these influences so yeah I, uh, I just made a note of it and I, I thought maybe, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I think, you know, in all uh, Japanese animation, of course, the the detail is everywhere, but also with this, like every car in, in this movie, every weapon, everything is based on a real object, right? It's not a one-on-one, it's not perfect in every detail, mm. the Fiat 500 or whatever, mm. but it's all based, it's, they're not like, oh, I'm making like archetype of a car they're making a car yeah uh, maybe they, they, they indeed the helicopter is just a creation from Miyazaki but the rest is all uh, yeah yeah or like even a Zenigata car is like a Nissan uh, it's all uh, real world all objects there. yeah yeah and they were you, you see you know they were picking up their own cars they were picking up uh, stuff that, they, they, that was close to them they didn't want to mm. show it uh, how cool it would be <laughs> such a... well, they're putting themselves in uh, artwork aren't they that's what yeah, they're doing. You know, yeah. <laughs> but what um what did you think about these um so th- uh the count has this basically would you say cohort this kind of gang of assassins and Butler. and henchmen and butlers and all kinds of people. What did you think of these kind of assassins that he sends to try and kill uh, Lupin? 
Ah, it's funny that they, they have, basically they have like normal police with this Gustav, uh, like these guards, okay? Yeah. And those are probably clean. They're like doing their job, yeah. right? <laughs> it's like the Japanese yeah. uh, cops coming in and they have always this clash. Yeah. I think Zenigata, it's amazing because it's basically comic relief from the, the old movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, But no, I think this, uh, this ninja-like... Um, Assassins, uh, yeah, they're really well designed with this uh, longer. Uh, yeah, so they basically have this armor on, don't they? In a way, and the fingers are really defined, really like the spikes, basically. Yeah, and the yeah. eyes are different as well. They're kind of almost like animalistic. They're quite, they're quite. Um, how do you say? Um, just the shape. Planted, of, planted, yeah. Yeah, just a different shape. Yeah. Yeah, they're really, I guess, probably if I will, my, my daughters were watching it, they would be scared. Yeah, from right. Them, I guess. Yeah, right. I th- and that's why, yeah, that's why I was asking, because when I first saw them, I was scared. These were quite, they're quite, you know, they're quite they weird. Into- yeah, they move really strange. They move kind of like apes and they're sort of like very On fast. And uh, yeah, it's really, yeah, I thought they were just quite a scary design. I was just like, okay, well, this is. And yeah, they, oh, now they're thinking. Now they're thinking. What do you think about the scene where when they are attacking in their uh, in this hotel? So basically, yeah, Lupin and Giga have been overheard. So then there's somebody who's recognized, who yeah. recognized them. Yeah. And then in the night, they've been attacked by by these assassins in their uh, hotel room, right? Yeah. I can't remember. Did you it. think? Uh, I can't remember it. Precisely, yeah. but but and then they're jumping from the window, etc. But you know what I thought? I thought about uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, okay, when yeah, the hobbits. A... Yeah, and when the... the hobbits are attacked, right, and the um... the rooms, and you have really scenes. Oh, they're rubbing and and then with the swords. Yeah, what are they called? And... I've completely forgotten these guys that are trying to hunt them down. I'm thinking yeah, of I mean, White they're, Walkers, they're, but that's a lot Game of, of Thrones, of course. Huh? I was thinking White Walkers, but that's Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, the, the, so many the of these nine, things. right? The nine. Uh, yeah. The uh, Nazgul. Naz, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we know. Yeah, you know, you guys, guys, you know, guys, guys know. right? The listeners will know. They will be all screaming yeah. at. I know. It's just, it's like ten past nine, and we've both had a beer, so I think our brains yeah, are a little it's bit. Okay, man. It's, uh... <laughs> but I'm yeah, right. no, you're right. And what was I going to say? Um... Uh, the, that was it, The Matrix, in a way. I don't know, something about this claustrophobic scene, you know, at the start of The Matrix, when she's kind mm-hmm. of getting uh, chased by the police and beaten up and sort of thing. It's like, I don't know, and the way he moves and things, it's kind of, like I said earlier, it defies gravity a little bit sometimes. But yeah, yeah, especially in the scene when he's on the on the roof, right? When he's on the roof, then he's... Uh... <laughs> It's really funny. He try he's tried to use this rocket, and then he's like, "Oh, oh, oh he's jumping out." From oh his yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs to and get he's over. Running. He's trying to get it. He basically needs to get over to Clarice's. Uh, she has like her own tower. Kind of tower, yeah. This like typical uh, tower. No one can. Rapunzel. Yeah, exactly. That no one can reach. So he he's like, okay. He gets this little mini rocket with like a zip line attached to it, and he fumbles with it and drops it and stuff, and then. He literally runs like vertically down this 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 tiled roof, and then does these like astronomically long 
jumps <laughs> and just like leaps over, grabs onto this tower and just like grips on, you know, this kind of like mountain climber with, you know, like one millimeter of, uh, <laughs> of, of grip to hang on to. Yeah. You know, it's just like, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, in a way that's the sort of bond type thing. It's like doing these ridiculous stunts that are just impossible. Yeah. But that's, that's him. That's his character. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and uh, first he uses, uh, he steals the the ring. Then he uses a fake one, right? And uh, yeah, when he when he and then he's thrown basically in the in this pit. Mm. And then he finds there Zenigata, which is also who's also there. Yeah, he's looking he, for. Uh, yeah, earlier on Zenigata sort of went, fell through this trapdoor, and uh, they both yeah they both basically both. Uh, in the, I guess, kind of like the catacombs are sort of just this like underground yeah. kind of, uh, I don't know, horrible hellhole full of skeletons and corpses and, uh, yeah, people who'd, who'd scratched notes into the wall who'd been there for like, you know, 300 years prior. It's basically where the, where that family had kind of gotten rid of anyone that had tried to, to, uh, kind of delve too deep or spy or you know anything anyone they wanted to get rid of they'd thrown into this kind of little dungeon area underground and that's where they are the, and that's the, also the, scary the, that's also really yeah. scary when you see that like all these skeletons and corpses and things it's like yeah this is again I think this isn't really like child fodder you know this is it's quite scary stuff yeah yeah I mean uh, yeah if you compare probably to the, the original material it was like toned down but mm. still, uh, it's still uh, for adults. It's not a kids' uh, animation. No, right? and there's also this. There's also like kind of Indiana Jones moment as well when they're in there. You know, it feels like that. Like in the in the second Indiana, Indiana Jones film with the um, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom, when he's kind of going through. I think at the start or one of the they they they're going through these uh, aqueducts and sewer systems and things. I believe of rats and stuff, and you know, on the in the Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, you have all these spikes and skulls and stuff, and it's like there's a lot of that kind of imagery in in this movie. Feels like anyway, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, but the um, there was a thing before that that I'd written down when he Lupin basically to get in this castle because it was basically impossible to get in. They say right, it's. Mm-hmm. It's impenetrable that he goes through this aqueduct um, and he has this kind of diving equipment on. And um, and it reminded me a lot of um, Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. I don't know if you played that, the original one. Yeah. Um, when he's basically at the very start of the game, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's diving into... Um, this military uh, compound or something. And there's a lot of this kind of underwater scenes and uh, this kind of kind of green tints and things. And he looks very similar. And and, and in this scene, it was kind of, um, I don't know, just felt like, uh, just reminded me a lot of Solid Snake, Lupin. And he has that kind of character to him, you know, he's kind of, you know, it's like a tough uh, guy with like gadgets and knows how to handle himself and blah blah blah. And then, funny enough, actually, in the English dub, 
of uh, Castle Cagliostro, his character is dubbed by David Hayter, which voices Solid Snake Funny. in Metal Gear Solid. Funny one. So, again, is that just a coincidence or, you know, it's interesting when you think, like, did this movie really influence, you know, pop culture that far down the line? Or is it, yeah, is it just a, merely a coincidence? You know, it's, it's, this is kind of the nice thing about this podcast, you know, is, is really looking at, into those these animes and really thinking, okay, you know, actually, you know, you're kind of chasing it back a bit. Like, oh, we're actually looking into this and maybe there's something there and that you would otherwise have missed. If you just watch it, you can watch it a hundred times, but then until you kind of, you know, look into it uh, with a magnifying glass, you sort of, you might, mi- you, yeah, you might miss on these little things. So anyway, I guess you didn't notice that, but I, I had, uh, yeah, I thought that was quite cool. I think you know, it's. It, I I believe there is so much happening. There's it's such a great action movie, right? At the end of the day, yeah. I mean, you could compare indeed with Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah. There's so much happening. There's like few quiet scenes, and uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, and you think, oh, it's just one castle. Um, yeah. How many <laughs> tunnels, viaducts? Uh, yeah. Stuff that could be in there, but yeah, there, it feels lot. like the film warms up as well. You know, it's like as the film progressed, I got more and more into mm-hmm. it, actually. And uh, I maybe that was the thing as well. They maybe they sort of got into the animation themselves and into the production and into the you know what we're doing here and getting into the flow. And maybe that is kind of echoed in the movie as well a little bit because you have to imagine like Miyazaki must have been must, I mean, it's daunting, right? I mean, this is. You're putting all your cards on the table here. You know you're showing yourself off. You, this is like this, you, he, you know that this, this is an important moment for his career. Yeah, for sure. And maybe and, if uh, you're overthinking it, you know it's like as a painter or something. You're over, overthinking or and, and not relaxing, then uh, then it becomes quite rigid. And I felt like maybe that, that in a way this the film kind of warms up a bit and gets kind of this pace to it, and it gets quite it becomes quite interesting an interesting film. You know. Yeah, I mean, you can see, because there is so much happening, I think you can see the way it has been developed. It's like he was starting, <laughs> he has an idea. Yeah. And then he starts drawing, and then he thinks, oh, we can also do, do this. We can also do this. And he's changing stuff as it goes. Basically, yeah. like, yeah. he's making the movie in his head, yeah. but he doesn't have, per se, like an end in mind or everything uh, in place until the end. Yeah. Right? That's the thing. And I think like, he's uh, he's creating these this these characters and there's probably a point where they start telling him, you know, yeah. what to write and what to do because he's he's basically got them fully formed. But to start that to start that process, that's the hardest, I imagine. Once you've got them in front of you, you can just like ask them questions in your head, you know, or just imagine what would happen. And yeah. That's 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 I reckon that's definitely what happened. Because if, if if we're saying that the storyboards weren't complete, then then he is having to just basically run with it. So, yeah, yeah. They have to make the the movie was indeed uh, we didn't say maybe it was uh, released on uh, I believe fifteenth of December nineteen seventy nine. Mm. I mean it has to go before the okay. It's not really Christmas season. That is more like New Year. Mm. But, yeah, I guess a week later would be too late. You know, they they cannot 
postpone it. I mean, no, no, there's no choice. So it's all uh, locked. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in five months, man, it's crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it, it is uh, it is a great movie, and uh, all these uh, scenes also underwater it makes really exciting. Also watching it again, all the little details mm. when he's jumping in the water, and then you see like his boxer shorts uh, moving <laughs> <laughs> late or uh, I think uh, and then it's also fun at the same time and this is at the end the only movie he ever he has ever made based on a manga original material from somebody right. else right. right I mean somehow yeah because, okay Nausicaa, Nausicaa was also made by his own manga but that's a different story mm. maybe mm. Yeah, and uh, so they, so basically they, um, then they came out. And then there is the the the, the they start fight. Uh, they put on fire the printing press. Right? Yeah, so basically they find out right that that, that um, the count has been he's responsible for this counterfeit money, and they have this. It's better than the original. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they 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 have this uh, printing press, and uh, they've been and they've been um, producing all currencies, right? It's not just for their kingdom or you know that or that country. It's 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 um, it's international. And yep. uh, Zenigato is like, okay, well, this you know we need. I need to get the I need to get the Interpol here. You know, I need to get the the. No, he's from the Interpol. He, he wants to go to the to the Paris to the head office. Ah, okay, even higher up. Yeah. Yeah, I want them. Yeah, I want them here to uh, get involved. I want him arrested. You know, he wants to kind of blow this out of the water, and um, he he is. Yeah, he escapes right, and then but they escape together, right? They escape together. He, as I recall, he gets back to the head office. Yeah, right, and he says to them, "Look, you know, this is what we got to do." And they're like, "Shut up! Don't be ridiculous!" Or whatever. You know, they're like. They just don't want to get involved, or they don't believe him, right? And I, and it's just like all these kind of like these like very typical Japanese voice actors, like this kind of typical, very like stern and tough sounding. I love that Russian, stuff. yeah, or just like this really deep sort of like <laughs> I don't know something about yeah. the, the voice actors that was just I just uh, were brilliant. Nah, these, I thought uh, you know this is the scene where it's like it's like the international like, sort of UN. Uh... Yeah, that's conference. it. Conference. And it, well, I was thinking, it's funny, like, yeah, you have all these people from all over the world, all of them speaking Japanese. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're all of them, because they're also interacting as as it is. It's not like, because it's like everybody's understanding, like if he was yeah. English, right? Was Enigata supposed to be from the Japanese from Japan. office? From Japan. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Everyone's speaking fluently Japanese, like even the even the lazy British, which is quite funny. You see also the British guy, like when there's like, oh, you, you're you're also printing your money, and he's like looking down, like, hey, he's also guilty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of corruption. And, yeah, I mean, um, apparently this money was responsible for a lot of uh, you know the depression in the US, Second World War. Yeah, right. Everything. That's what they talk about. Yeah, yeah. It's just this back uh, backstory. Yeah, yeah, that it's been around for a long time. That this has been going on. This is this is this is a lineage. You know, this is, this is yeah. a family thing. But do you think the two families were aware of it? Like also the family of Clarice, the Duke, were aware of it or not? Yeah, of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was as corrupt as the last man. Yeah, yeah. 
The, the gardener found out and burnt them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it, yeah. It was it count? He, yeah, I mean, come on. He was. He's not going to be perfect, is he? Like yeah. uh, that's how they paint the picture. But uh, yeah, they're always bad as each other. But uh, yeah, so they. Uh, then Lupin comes back again. Lupin right? comes back. He he actually uh, before that or during that. When does he get injured? Yeah, then it's like he's coming back. If try to pick her up. Yeah, right? that's it. And they have this lovely scene that it seems like uh, he's in love with her. It's yeah. like what Miyazaki is telling us, but it's not the real truth. Well, Lupin people... is known as this kind of playboy, but then in this mm -hmm. scene, he doesn't... You see... She's in love. She she got... Yeah, she's young, though. Like, imagine yep. she's maybe half his age or something. Mm -hmm. And he is... It feels like he's matured, you know? He's holding... He's like, no... Look, this is strictly platonic and you know professional. I just want to save you, you know, kind of thing. But yeah. there is, you yeah. know, there is a moment where you, you sort of think, oh, maybe he just wants to, you know, get in there. Yeah, that's that's what indeed. Uh, that's what the fans what, want. What Monkey Punch said, like yeah. the, the manga maker, he said, like, hey, yeah, it's not my Lupin. If he was my Lupin, <laughs> he, he would have raped her. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Yeah. For Christ's sake. Yeah. He really said that. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. But, you know, a little bit uh, different times, huh? Yeah, and yeah, then uh, maybe that's also, it's also a bit I was just gonna say also like the modern James Bond, you know, sort of has to kind of keep up with the times a bit. You know, you can't keep running this nineteen sixties James Bond. You know, it's not gonna it's not gonna kind of get, uh, bode well with the audience. So maybe there's also something with that. Or maybe oh, it's just yeah. Miyazaki saying, Yeah, we're not doing that, you know, we're changing him. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, Miyazaki made it and thinking, okay, this is sort of circle round of Lupin. It's going to be like his last adventure. Mm. So he thought like that. He, he, he has even drawn him in the first, at first, as a, like older guy. Right. Like yeah. A little bit more, even more mature. But then it was like, mm, mm. it's too much. Mm. Then they turned back again. Yeah. And uh, you couldn't justify the acrobatics of this old man character, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, indeed, at the end, Fujiko helps, uh, helps them to escape, right? Yeah. But then, yeah. Uh... yeah, so that's when you see her, she basically has this kind of disguise, and then she kind of says, look, this this is all garbage, and she's got this military kind of onesie on, this uh, camo thing, and she's got this machine gun, right? And then you see her, she's like, boom, and she's tough, and she's shooting people, and she's zipping around, and yeah, <laughs> that was quite cool, I like that. Yeah. She has all the uh, lot of gadgets too. Yeah. In the meantime, there is Zinigat on top with his Auto Giro. Yeah. <laughs> try, to, <laughs> try to use it, but not really successful. Lupin gets injured, and then there is this discussion with a count. And the count, was, of course, is saying, Yeah, yeah I'm going to save the life of Lupin, but it's not the real, mm. his real plan, right? Mm. But there was a, there's, a, there's a moment then when Lupin gets shot. Yeah, and this is, I think, the first moment, and if not the only moment in the movie where you see blood, right? Oh yeah, you see yeah. actual red blood come yeah. out of him, and you basically think, yeah, he's dead. Like he's been shot. He is dead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, maybe this is the difference with a uh, Western animation. I, I didn't thought of it, but indeed, it's uh, for them. It's to show blood. Yeah, it's like we said in the last cast. It was like yeah. you know, last podcast. It's. Uh, 
I think that yeah. that's the, in in Japanese uh, animation that's not maybe as such a bigger deal. But I'm always thinking about the audience at the time, maybe in in mm-hmm. in Europe and stuff. It would have maybe been quite quite you know shocking or yeah. But you strange. have to imagine also like in the West when Mortal Kombat came out, it was also with blood, you know. And yeah. We were playing it, and we but were. But was 10. that not was that not rated an eighteen? Uh, you know, because of Mortal Kombat, they started rating. Ah, okay, stuff. so it's like before the rating. Okay, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I I was playing in yeah. arcade. I mean, like <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, seeing this fatality stuff like that with all kids, seven, eight. Yeah, see, like oh, sh- finish him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, this is how it is. But it's not like what we have now. It's always been there. It's uh yeah, in nineteen seventy eight. Mm. You just imagine. At 1979, like the, the what came out that year is uh, like apocalypse now, right? <laughs> so yeah. it's uh, it's like, yeah, it is more than 40 years old uh, mm. movie. Mm. But uh, in one end, it's also I think it's still uh, still um, there's some modernity in there. It's not like really dated because the pace is uh, is great, the music is well uh, mm. placed. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I think now there's like a big break there. Maybe it's a good time for our break too. What do you think? I think Gabby is hinting at something. Yeah, it's not a problem. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have a little break. Hey guys, we are back um, and we were talking previously a bit about uh, Lupin being uh, shot um, and he's uh, yeah left for dead. Uh, the, On the bed. Um, the count is the count is basically backstabbed him or is not a man of his word and um, yeah, so now he's he's recovered from well he's 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 been. He, he's not recovered. He's been picked up by his his friends, right? And he's uh, on a bed, unconscious for, and they say for three days, right? Yeah, just before the, the just the before wedding. the arranged wedding, yeah. And then there is this uh, big flashback, and then you see indeed uh, the idea of Miyazaki to have uh, Lupin looking back, thinking when he had this. Uh, fancy car and and he was uh, look, thinking oh it was a playboy all these girls yeah this girl, yeah this montage with, uh, with a vacuum cleaner <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is also seen from uh, from the series okay and uh, and uh, but now he's more mature than he remember when when he met Clarice when she was a girl and the dog right the dog is like uh, a way to is waking up his memory basically. Mm. Of- so yeah, he basically wakes up and there's this there's this dog and um, and the, the gardener like a Danish from the start. Uh, yeah, it's like a guard dog, right? This kind of Danish, uh, like the big big yeah. Dog. And then the 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 gardener goes, oh, that's funny. He know he usually hates everyone, had and and he's been by his side this whole time. And then when Lupin comes through, he's like, hey, Carl. And it's the name of the dog, and he's like, huh, how does he know that? And that's, yeah, that kind of, I guess that triggers this uh, memory. Yeah, um, and then uh, I believe there is the the wedding preparation, 
And I think that moment with the music, like this um, organ music, like church yeah. music, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I wrote that as well. Like this kind of uh, baroque, All staged. Yeah, this kind of baroque sort of style, um, very, um, very pagan, very kind of like uh, kind of ritualistic. They set this scene for this this yeah. Almost um, very yeah, hoods, like medieval hoods, style hoods, sort of thing. Lana. Yeah, this yeah these black hooded characters. Yeah, it's the opposite of of the KKK. These sort of white, yeah, typical white, but now they're in these black hoods. And, and um, Clarice. Uh, oh yeah, the fun fact about Clarice. Fun fact is yeah. like she's dressed up and she's drugged, right? She has this. Uh, yeah. Brand. Yeah. Apparently. She's wearing a wedding dress, apparently. One royal family of Japan got a, a wedding, and she said, "I want to have a <laughs> Clarissa's uh, exact wedding one. dress." Yeah, and they they made a really. She she wore that. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun fact. Wow. Yeah, I believe it was one of the daughters of uh, the previous emperor, which uh, in Japan. Uh, female cannot be emperor so uh, yeah so even uh even if they're older than uh... i wonder if miyazaki was at the wedding <laughs> i mean basically well he was basically the designer right yeah who knows yeah, yeah. maybe yeah maybe but uh that's cool this is yeah, this is this is fact or this is just internet yeah, this is true this, this is, is true, true. okay true. Yeah. yeah you can find the pictures as well oh that's funny so they have, but, yeah, they have this sort of wedding, this kind of pseudo wedding, right? Yeah, but with a lot of uh, audience, right? And there's even yeah. a TV crew. Yeah. And yeah. also another fun fact that Fujiko is now doing the reporter, right? Yeah. Yeah. With this also jumpsuit. Yeah. And so she's disguised as this reporter. Yeah. Yeah. And basically that character of uh, Fujiko reporter is then copied one on one with April O'Neill from uh, oh, really? Ninja Turtles. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the base out of, of for the character. Yeah, and this this predates that. Yeah, predates that. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, there we are. That's there's there's you know. Yeah, there's these your... are the yeah the legacy. Let's say yeah because uh, there is even more. Huh? There is there is. Uh, the, um, let me see. You have to imagine what the you know what the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, what what you know what they have inspired, you know, and it and it goes on and on. That's that's the incredible thing about this uh, this kind of uh, this this creative uh, um, processes. You know, it's like it, it all feeds itself. You know, it's perpetually growing and and feeding off of the previous thing. And yeah, you have to thought yeah. You have to think that that's, um, yeah, it's quite an incredible process. Yeah. I mean, uh, especially for other creative people, if you see something that you've never seen before, and then it's like, whoa, this is, uh, like Proto Magin did this, you mentioned before, Mat the metrics. There was mm. also, mm. like, all the major scenes were copied in other movies. And yeah, a lot of it comes from Asian cinema. As well, yeah, Ghost in the Shell, 
Akira. Yeah, or yeah. just even uh, the Hong Kong cinema as well of, of this period in the 80s if um uh john uh, john woo and uh you know chow young fat and people like this the, the movies that were made then that's that's basically directly influenced the, the matrix style things as well this I, I like that though this kind of like this kind of uh almost like a tennis game between asia and and and, and the west you know this kind of back and forth that they have in cinema and and in in, in animation and things it's it's really magical, you know. It's really, it's really like nice seeing that. The one thing, will, yep. you know, one thing will go over to the west, and then Japan will go, oh, that's cool, and then it'll come back over, and then they'll do something with it, and it, and and it evolves, you know. It's really nice to see that. Yeah, I think indeed uh, because also Osamu Tezuka also copied from Walt Disney, then uh, some other stuff. You see also uh, there is uh, nowadays there is. Uh, more anime references also in the West or even in Disney movies mm. or yeah so uh, yeah it's indeed the back and forth it's definitely but, definite, it, but it's, it, it's, it's definitely known that, that Disney and Pixar and, and companies have, were influenced by this the, the, uh, this film as well and these works I'd read that I read that recently that was uh, yeah yeah there is indeed at the end there is the, the clock scene yeah exactly it's been used already yeah, in Batman the series, which is also another great series, and also in a, in a, in a movies from the eighties, Disney movie from the eighties. Yeah, the Great Mouse Detective. Yeah, but it's got yeah, it's kind of used as well, like originally by Buster Keaton, you know, things like that. These kind of clock scenes, and then yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, inside of course, like modern times from. Uh, Charlie Chaplin as yeah. well, right? With its uh, uh, mechanism. Exactly. Yeah. And then you get things like, uh, and then that's influencing people like Jackie Chan and his movies at Project A. <laughs> and there's scenes yeah. of, of people falling off clocks and these kind of uh, action-packed moments, you know, and the cinematography or the choreography involved in that. So this is what I'm talking about, this kind of back and forth. Yeah. Um, so go back to we go back to the the plot and uh, we'd forgot to, we forgot to mention actually that the Pope in the movie is supposed to come and um, this bishop right is, is it the bishop, bishop from the Vatican, bishop, uh, one bishop from the Vatican yeah I assumed it was just in my head it was just the Pope but yeah this <laughs> this this bishop and um, uh, he's he it's been mentioned that he's coming to to perform the ceremony or. To, to validate yeah. the ceremony. Uh, Fujiko tips uh, Lupin about it, right? She calls him and they yes. say, hey, it's going to happen. Yeah. And then he understands immediately, oh. Yeah, this yeah the wink, wink, what you need to do. And um, and so then during the, 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 the ceremony, this marriage, um, yeah. They... Yeah, it's crazy. Like the altar is falling, right? Yeah. We've had the big cross because the game one is cutting it. And then there's yeah. this uh, cost of Lupin. Yeah. And it's almost like uh, the spirits don't want this to happen. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the yokai. Yokai, right. yeah, these kind of demons. And uh, <laughs> Yichon uh, has uh, got these uh, vampire teeth. As well. Yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was also like, yeah, I'm going to be awesome, these guys. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Gemon has the head, right? The head, huh? His, uh, rice, uh, rice head. Yeah, his hat. And <laughs> Lupin is on this, um, 
they kind of propping him up and he's all covered in these kind of he looks like a mummy basically with one eye and uh oh, i can't reality's not there yeah i can't remember exactly what happens but in reality he's not there it's, it's a puppet um and it kind of explodes with confetti and it turns out that actually uh, lupin was was this bishop in disguise and uh he he yeah He's there. He he sort of saves Clarice, I guess, in a way, in that moment. Um, but now my brain's gone dead, and I don't know how they get to the clock tower. Somehow they they have a fight, and okay. Then what happens is like you have this scene which is like oh there is a hole in the under the church, and then the reporter is following Zenigata, oh, yeah. who's like yeah. playing like dumb, like oh. What's here? Oh, there's a yen. Oh, there's uh, dollars. Yeah. And, like being super obvious on TV just yeah. to make it sure that the Interpol people. Yeah, he's o- he's overacting just to just to <laughs> just to sort of prove a point and to get them involved. Yeah, it's quite funny. Yeah. So then it's basically it's over from that side of the plot, and then um, yeah. Um, Lupin runs away and uh, the count is behind and he goes on the tower. So they, they run on the, the... This clock tower. Yeah, they right. run on the clock tower yeah. at the end. Yeah, then, then you have... the final in... fight. You see also the count has some skills, right? He's, yeah. You know, so do you... Yeah, yeah. He's like the end boss. I mean, he's, you know, he's going to be strong. You know that's going to happen. If, if you've played yeah. any video game or anything, you <laughs> yeah. know that the end boss is always going to be quite tough. Who's the guy from Street Fighter? Uh, the end. Mr. Bison. Bison, yeah, and Bison. The big guy in uh, Japanese. Yeah. But he's also quite. He's a bit like this kind of camp. Yeah, that's you know, a good one. With a yeah, cape. It could and, be also a reference. Yeah, it's quite similar. I think they have mustaches, don't they? Yeah, Both. I mean, uh, yeah, he has a mantle. Yeah, I would red say, man, a red one. I would say yeah. there's definitely a connection there. But I, I, I I'd. Um, I was also really impressed by the um, animation of the cogs, and yeah. uh, of the movement of the uh, of of how they had basically done the clock tower, and and they had this fight scene on these moving cogs, you know. And I was like, wow, that's just like beautiful animation. Like, you know, you have all of this mechanism going on at the same time. You've got this this uh, this fighting scene. I was like, wow, that's really nice. You know, he's really Miyazaki's really showing off here. I thought that's like really beautiful. Yeah, I mean, the finale has to be, of course. Uh... At the same level, right? Otherwise, uh... yeah, exactly. And um, you know, so there's all these moving elements, animated elements, and uh, yeah, I said uh, in my notes that he'd he'd warmed up his animation muscles. He'd uh, he was flexing a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the the really final final showdown indeed on the how do you call it the arms of the clock, right? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, leave the girl. I leave you the the, the rings. Yeah, he's so Lupin says, I know I've worked out what the secret is of these rings, right? Yeah. And he says, so he saw the Capricorn on the. Yeah, he said at the, the num- at the top of the clock there's a Capricorn. If you put them in the eye, then the secret treasure will be revealed. That's right, and. Um, but then uh, he, Clarice falls, he jumps with her and they, they fall in water, yeah, right? Yeah, they fall like ridiculously far into the water. Like that would, for sure, they definitely should have died then. Break their neck. And the whole time, 
You have to remember that he'd just been shot three days prior. And it's like, <laughs> okay. But that's, yeah, that's the great thing. And so the Count climbs up, up to the top of this clock, you know, puts in... Super greedy. Yeah, puts in these two rings. And what it does is it activates this this new mysterious uh, cog in the in the in the clock mechanism and um and the the uh, the two hands of the of of the clock uh, come to midnight but but uh, the count is is on the big hand so he gets stuck between the two and you don't see it i was expecting that you would see it but you just see it from a from a distance it just goes yeah. And he just uh, they, gets, he they, just, it also like, happened squirt. before with like one of the guard also oh, jumping yeah. in one of the cogs. Okay. I think it's called the like Willem scream or something like that. When it's like there's a scream and they're cutting out. Yeah. I just, just I just remember it being like this squishing yeah. sound. It's like ugh. You yeah. just you you just fill in the blanks. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And um, yeah, and then it sort yeah. of rockets the the the, the tower collapses right, and then yeah. uh, the lake. Uh, so basically, the tower collapses and then opens up. A hole, right? Well, the then, aqueduct and the tower, yeah. the clock tower, connected, and they will break. Yeah, so it's basically like a dam, isn't it? Yeah. And then the water moves away, and there is the real secret underneath, which is uh, this uh, Roman uh, city. Yeah. That the family, uh, when the Romans were um, chased by the barbers, uh, hit by drawn it in water right and then it's now preserved but it's like now it's a treasure for the world but it's not really it's yeah. too big for the pockets of uh yeah Lupin, it's right? yeah that's what he says yeah it's yeah it's a new archaeological site this uh yeah this beautiful ruins with these columns and uh yeah basically kind of like a um what's it called anticlimax somehow right you're expecting this big maybe yeah maybe yeah but what's the what's the what's the the, the hidden um, civilization under the water called Atlantis? That's yeah, it. yeah. Like... Also, uh, this Atlantis movie also copied that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's a bit like that, you know. It's like isn't it is an Atlantis hidden in, under this lake? But yeah, there's also a copy of that, and uh, that basically uh, yeah that, that kind of wraps up the movie, right? They have this kind of like moment together, Lupin and Clarice, and. Uh, He's backing off. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm not going to stay. No. I can be a thief too. <laughs> yeah. She wants to be a thief too, but uh, yeah. Then uh, I... yeah, then they separate and that's, uh, that's for good, right? And uh, yeah. And then Zenigata's coming back and uh, they're racing away. They get picked up, yeah, and again in this fear and, and uh, they're, yeah, they're back to this chase again, you know, they're sort of back to the, the typical yeah. uh, chase scene. And Fujiko, instead, of, she's the one with the like the models of, for printing money. So she right. she will be rich. <laughs> yeah. She really the yeah yeah the best out of it. Yeah. So if you will um, give it a mark. So in, in, oh man, with, you have to imagine if you we're gonna watch all the Ghibli movies in order. Mm. You have to imagine uh, in this setting. Okay, you're in 1979. You have this this movie. You're a uh, you're putting yeah, me in 1979 now. I have to see. It. I'm seeing it for the first time. Yeah, I've got a moustache. You are like a kid going with a big moustache going to this uh, <laughs> movie theater watching. How this movie. old am I? 
Am I a teenager? Uh, you're 18. 18. 18. Okay. All right. Um, Born 1960. Wow. Would you? I think you would be. Whoa. Yeah, I, I think I would have left enjoying it. Yeah. 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 Unless uh, you were like a Lupin fan, expecting really. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think I would have liked it anyway. I think I would have appreciated it. Yeah. But I think nowadays you couldn't. Yeah, I guess Miyazaki took a lot of um, liberties, right? Mm. Because it's really different from the manga, really different from uh, mm. the drawings, are all different. Nowadays, uh, yeah, the, all the characters have to be exactly model like in the manga, like in an anime series, cannot be different, right? Mm. Cannot be another jacket color, could not be like that. Mm. What do you think? I think now it's more blocked because every, it's like everything is a franchise. And if you will make a movie of out of franchise, you could make Spider-Man another color, right? No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that def- definitely there would be uproar on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. At no, that time, people like, didn't give a shit. Maybe, yeah, somebody <laughs> will, like on the fan clubs, it would be pissed off. But yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, whatever. They're fighting against um, Miyazaki. I mean, come on. They're going to lose every time. But if I was going to give it a rating out of 10, yeah, I'm quite brutal with my ratings. Because okay. if we are going to watch the rest of the, yeah, but, the Miyazaki yeah, okay, movies, but you do, you did, then okay. I'm going to give it a six. Six? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Is that good or what would you give it? I mean, I have to say I liked it a lot. But I is that nostalgia though? Have you got a lot of nostalgia for it? I don't know. I mean, I'm uh, of course partisan because I love all this art in there. And uh, so I saw there is like now, I believe, a movie all in 3D from Lupin. Eh? Oh, like, yeah. It's a movie. Okay. You know, for me, it's, uh, it's not uh, making... Uh, <laughs> it's not thrilling. I think it, I think it's a great movie. So what would I you would give? Would you I would give? give uh, okay, let's... Because you know what's coming later. You could, get, you could do halves as well. You could do a half if you want. I think, we'll, okay, if I can do halves, even seven and a half. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's generous. I'm, uh, yeah, okay, but it is it's set in sort of Italy, right? As well, so yeah. Okay, you know, that, in, that, Jap- that in the Japanese least, Wikipedia, yeah. they were saying even the name of a village. Mm. San, uh, let me see, San Leo, I believe, and it's like a really small place. Never heard of it. Uh, with like a castle on a on a hill, basically. Yeah. In uh, in the middle of Italy. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I think uh, that I liked it. I liked a lot of yeah. the action and the art, the background, animation as well. So yeah. yeah. So guys, yeah. So we recommend you watch it. We recommend it. Um, and uh, it's not his best movie, but it's 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 setting the foundation for what's to come. And yeah. um, it has its place, I think. In the exactly, uh, yeah. And it's you know it's uh, you know it's beautifully made, it's 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 traditionally done and you have to give it credit for that as well and 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 put it in its in its time and place and yeah no I was I was uh, I enjoyed it more than I imagined I would let's put it that way. Okay, so the next probably would be Nausicaa then, right? If we go that direction. Yeah, I guess. I don't know to... if it's gonna be the in the order, but you know that's not really. But in the Ghibli series. Yeah. <laughs> If we're doing a playlist of, of uh, yeah, Ghibli, then we're going to get into Nausicaa, which, yeah, that's that's enjoyable as well. So okay. I think we're going to uh, wrap it up, right? Yeah. Okay, take us out. 
Should we? Um, we're gonna plug uh, our Instagram. Yeah, why not? For you guys out there. Um, so we did say on on our intro podcast, it's uh, you can follow us on on bon uh, bon dot giorno. That's on Instagram. It's b a w n dot j o u r n o. Having to think about that. Um, so if you can follow us on Instagram, that would be really cool. And um, of course, this is going to be on YouTube, this podcast. And if you're not already subscribed, that'd be amazing if you could subscribe and like the video, comment, whatever you can. That uh, that really helps us and keeps us motivated as well, I think. And um, yeah, and, and the website, um, actually this weekend, I'm uh, putting some time into that. So we will have a website coming up in the near future. And that will have our, you know, our original comics, comics that we uh, work on together from uh, a lot of these uh, animes and pop culture references. And we will have a shop on there to buy prints and originals and all nice things to come. So, yeah, do follow us and keep tuned, keep in tune, tune in for um, for, for the rest, for the next. And um, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, see you next time, guys. Yeah. Ciao. Ciao. Bye. Ibarano